because the thought of not achieving my goal is worse than being disciplined enough to get it done. Than being disciplined enough to get it done. I'm trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think that's one of the key things that I've learned in business. I've learned in business. I don't want anybody to follow my story and not think that I've not had my own mental challenges. I've not had my own mental challenges. Welcome to the Boss Babe podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. I'm Natalie Ellis and I'm your host of this week's podcast. I'm also the CEO of Boss Babe. So if you know Boss Babe, you'll know that we are famous for our sassy, insightful quotes. And that's why we feel it's kind of only right to dive into each episode, sharing a new quote with you. So I actually want to share with you a quote I wrote a few weeks back. It was... You're inspiring people who don't even realize are watching you. Just by showing up, being honest and sharing your value, you might give someone the courage to make a life-changing decision. And I think this quote is actually just such a powerful reminder to continue shining your light because you really never know who's watching or who needs it right now. So if you're playing small, this is my invitation to you to just step it up and not be afraid to show up. And before we dive in, I'm going to share with you one of the brands that makes this podcast possible. Apre is co-founded by one of my good friends, Darby Jackson, and is essentially redefining on-the-go protein shakes. You've probably seen Apre all over my Instagram stories. They are ridiculously Instagrammable. That marble packaging is literally to die for. But the product was designed by Darby, who was a health coach and a personal trainer, and she spent over a year and a half creating it. It's actually the first product of its kind with organic plant protein proteins, metabolic fats from organic virgin coconut oil and electrolytes from organic coconut water. And I've got to admit, on top of the clean organic ingredients, one of my favorite elements of Apre is the fact that there's a focus on including fats. I don't know if you know, but I'm a low carb, high fat kind of girl. I love this kind of lifestyle and diet, but I can tell you that for an on-the-go protein shake, this is a really uncommon thing. The Boss Babe office is literally always stacked with Apre and it really does fill you up and keep your energy sky high. So if you want to try it out, head to drinkapre.com. Apre is spelled A-P-R-E-S. Drinkapre.com and use the code BOSSBABE15 for 15% off. And speaking of incredible female entrepreneurs, I'm really excited about this episode because I actually got to interview my business bestie, Danielle. I'm not going to give too much away right now, but I will say this episode is going to really motivate the hell out of you. I know it did me. Danielle is just such an inspiration and I know you're going to love hearing her story. So are you ready to dive in? A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Vision of success. Hi everyone. Okay, I am beyond excited for this podcast episode because I'm going to interview my business wife, Danielle. I am going to dive into lots of deep questions so you can get to know the operations brain behind Boss Babe. And I know you're all so excited. So Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm not used to it being the other way around. (laughs) You know what? My pleasure. I'm so happy to share my podcast with you. Okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, I'm actually based in LA. And you are in a completely different time zone. Tell everyone where you are. So I'm based in the UK, about 
30 minutes from Bristol in a place called Wales. Amazing. And I've been to your house, not to mention it's absolutely amazing, but you are literally out in the middle of nowhere, which is so serene and amazing. Yeah. It was a big thing when the village got super fast broadband, I have to say. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So I am so interested to dig into you and to find out what makes you you. But I want to know, what's your story? I mean, you know, talking about what your industry is before Boss Babe and all that kind of thing, because I don't think many people know that about you. So tell me a little bit about that. So I know that your journey has very much been like you were always a born entrepreneur. You always had that in your gut. But my journey wasn't really like that. So I describe myself as an achiever. I've always wanted to achieve things. I've always wanted to learn new things. I've always wanted to excel in things. I've always had loads of jobs. So I was the kid at 12 who was out working. So I was babysitting. (laughs) Then I got a job in a shop, even though I was too young. He used to pay me cash. I used to be like the babysitter for everybody in the village. And sometimes I'd have like several kids at a time. Then I started (laughs) teaching dance. Then I was doing children's play schemes. So I was like the richest teenager in town. I was like working so much. And I also kept up with my studies. Like it's always been really important to me. I'm a bit of a goody two-shoes, really. So (laughs) I guess my background is just really, really solid hard work. So it wasn't that I was like always, oh, yeah, I want to have a business, I want to own a business. Like that actually didn't come until much later for me. But I always just wanted to do really well. I always wanted my independence. And I've always been ambitious. Like I went to high school and there was this award that you got if you didn't have a day off for four years. I was like, I'm getting that award. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) It was this accommodation cut. That's like, you had to like get the most accommodations in your year. And it wasn't like automated the system around it. And I remember collecting all my accommodations and taking them to the principal to show that I'd got more than the girl (laughs) who was supposedly going to win. So I was like, no, no, I've gotten here. I've kept them. I am winning that cup. (laughs) So always really competitive. And just wanting to achieve. So I went through my high school years and on to my GCSEs. And that's what we call them in the UK. And at the end of the GCSEs, I was like, well, I'm really not sure what to do. I had a very science background, but also a very arty background and creative background. So I'd always been into dance. And I had done art textiles and art ceramics and really enjoyed those. My mum was actually an art teacher. My dad was an accountant. Actually, now I'm talking about it. You can really see the mishmash of brains going together. Yeah, you right? can see where you come from. When I was choosing my A-levels, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So I actually did two arts. I did dance and textiles. And then I did two sciences and I did biology and chemistry. And from there, I just really started kind of going, okay, well, what do I want out of life? What matters to me? And I always really cared about people and having an impact. And so I explored the idea of doing medicine. But I have to say, I went to shadow some doctors and they were really miserable about what they were doing in life. And my dad had a friend who was a chiropractor and he was like, oh, come and get your daughter to shadow me. So I followed him along for the day, followed him around treating all these patients. And it was just the most rewarding profession. So I made my decision that I was going to become a chiropractor. And on my university application, I literally just applied for one course at one university that was it I had no backup plan and I remember my friends being like oh what are you gonna do if you don't get in I was like I will get in I only have plan a I'm getting in (laughs) (laughs) so 
I went to chiropractic college and I graduated there with a distinction, which I'm super proud of. Again, I love an accolade. So I graduated there and I got headhunted for my first job. And I guess that's when my entrepreneur instinct started kicking in. So I got my job and I did really well out of it. I got some really high results really quickly. They had like this audit process, which I flew through, which was really amazing because I always had the ethos that you treat every patient like they're a member of your family. And also the other one was you just look after the people, everything else looks after itself. And so that really led me onto an incredible path. And I started having like these feelings of like, well, okay, well, I'm here now, what next? And I think that was kind of my achiever and my growth mindset kicking in. Now I reflect on it, like I always wanted to know what was going to come next, like how I was going to have more impact and how I was going to grow as a person. And that's when I started thinking, okay, I really want to own my own business. That's when things really got exciting. And I actually approached the guy who owned the business about whether I could buy it. And that's like a pretty sassy move. That's when I knew the first point that I knew I was an unapologetically ambitious female entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I was like, can I buy your business? <laughs> and he said no, like several times until circumstances changed and it gets very complicated. So I won't go into it in loads of details, but I ended up owning my business with another company and really growing it from there. And that just being an incredible journey of growth for me and increasing not only revenue, but also profits. It was a tremendous time for me and something I look back on really fondly. And I invested in the main group company and it has just been such an awesome journey for me. But I started getting to the point where I was like, oh, what next? (laughs) Yeah. And actually trying to find my purpose. And I had been so busy pushing forwards and growing that I stopped to realize actually I wanted to have more impact and I felt at the time as a woman ambitious was a bit of a dirty word Mm. and that really affected me and I guess that's when I started looking for my tribe and looking for more women who were like me who wanted more who didn't necessarily want to kind of just sit back wanted to pursue their careers and wanted to have a more purpose-driven life. And that is when I got introduced to you. I love it. All throughout that story, it just comes up to me how disciplined you are. And I know you are because I get the pleasure of working with you every day. But I want to know, what is it that makes you so disciplined? Mm, Good question. I think that has been probably two things. I think that's really ingrained in me. I've always been able to exhibit a lot of self-discipline. But the other thing is, I am so dedicated in achieving my goals, it's easy to be disciplined. So for me, one of the things that drives me to get up in the morning, to get stuff done, to work hard, is because the thought of not achieving my goal is worse than being disciplined enough to get it done. I love that. So do you remind yourself of that every day? Oh, 100%. I love it. I have my goals on Evernote, which is an app that both Natalie and I use and we have in society. And I use that every single day. So I have my goals at the top 
So in that, I keep like my quarter goals and then my notes underneath of everything that I need to get done. But on my home screen, I always have our society backdrops. So at the moment, my screensaver is I'm not afraid to think bigger. Sometimes I'll switch it up with some pictures of stuff that I'm working towards. I'm really just kind of surrounding myself with those goals as a constant reminder of what I'm trying to achieve. I love that. The theme of this year at Boss Babe is keeping things simple. 2024 is already off to an incredible start. Team Boss Babe is coming off a huge launch that felt so easy, so stress-free and honestly energizing, which says a lot. Quick backstory, last year we did a full platform audit of the subscriptions, platforms and products we were using to run everything behind the scenes and basically cancelled 75% of our subscriptions to go all in on one platform, Kajabi. Listen, you guys, when I tell you I did the research, I did the research. Kajabi is our podcast sponsor and one of the main reasons we had effortless checkouts and an amazing customer experience during our most recent launch. The platform has everything you need to build a business online and allows for unlimited ways to diversify your revenue, build your brand, and turn your audience into paying customers. We actually used to have a custom membership platform. We moved all of our membership to Kajabi and it looks better and functions way easier than ever. We also used to have different platforms for things like landing pages, funnels, email campaigns, checkouts, you name it. And it is a breath of fresh air to have everything in one place in Kajabi. There's no need to have multiple platforms with zaps tying them all together. Instead, I really encourage you to go all in on one platform and I'm the biggest fan of Kajabi. They typically don't have extended free trials like this, but right now you can head to kajabi.com slash boss babe and get started with your free 30 day trial. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash boss babe for 30 days completely free to play in the platform and see if you love it just as much as we do. That's kajabi.com slash boss babe. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is one of my favorite self-development platforms and I want to take a minute to talk about it because it's a place that I continue to refer back to every time I'm looking for inspiration and education. So if you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love it. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every single month. I recently enjoyed watching Anna DuVernay's class titled Reframe Your Thinking. She's an award-winning filmmaker and she walks you through how to reverse engineer a plan to defy your limits and reach the goal that you have in your vision. So not only does Masterclass have really tangible business development classes, but also includes classes in 10 other categories like food, woman lifestyle, music, wellness, design, so many more. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. Right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now, masterclass.com slash boss babe masterclass.com slash boss babe this year learn from the best to become the best with masterclass okay so I want to backtrack a little bit there's lots of things I want to ask you about boss babe and what you do now but you're a chiropractor and that is so interesting and such a different route to a lot of entrepreneurs I know and I know that it's such an advantage to me when we're working together that you can just dive up and adjust (laughs) me but what I really want to know so like 
we are huddled over our laptops and computers 24-7. We're looking down on our mobile phones all the time. So as a chiropractor, can you please tell me what we are doing wrong and what we can do better? Because I've seen your workstation and it looks a lot better than mine. And I know a lot of boss babes listening to this really could do with changing up their posture. Well, that's a really good question, actually. And so many tips. Like I could speak on this for absolute hours. But I guess one of the reasons why I'd say like, first of all, you definitely want to be taking note of your desk posture. Because one, if you're starting to get pain, it'll actually hamper your productivity. And two, because actually it's going to do long-term damage. You know, if you're sat in a hunched position over long periods of time, all your muscles are going to shorten into those positions. So actually you're going to start walking around with your shoulders hunched forwards. You're going to be kind of that head, that chin is going to lead forward, which is going to lead to a lot of neck pain. So it is definitely something that everybody should be considering. And the way I would address it is, as you know, I actually sit on a gym ball. And I sit on a gym ball for a number of reasons because it helps me sit up really straight. <laughs> I like sat here doing it. It also means I could get some like ab workout done in between. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you sit up really straight and engage your core muscles, which is really, really important so that you're actually actively using them rather than sitting back in your pelvis and slumping your lower back. And another thing that I will say is have a docking station so that your laptop sits on something because your screen should actually be at eye level. So the more it's down, the more your posture is encouraged around forward, which again, we're doing loads from, from when we're using our phones, that we're constantly in like hunched over position. And it's really just having a impact on not only your physical body, but it actually is having an effect on your mental capabilities. Because like I said, if it does lead to pain, we know that pain is linked with stress and anxiety. And then we also know that increases pain levels and you end up in a circle and then you can't concentrate. So it's super, super important. Like these little things, you and I talk about it all the time. It's actually not the big changes that make a huge difference. It's the little continuous changes and adaptations that you make to your lifestyle that really, really make the difference. And I've heard you talk about this before, but I would love you to just quickly touch on what you've learned in being a chiropractor that you've been able to apply to being a successful businesswoman? Okay, so I guess there's a few ways that I could look at this question. From a very like medical point of view and linking that with business, I guess it's made me really self-aware of my body, like really keen to understand how I function best. So as you know, I'm really into high performance. I think it's really, really important that we energize our bodies in the correct way. Like plants really are the best medicine. And I mean that from the sense that you have to consider what you're fueling your body with. So I have started suffering from brain fog. And if anyone's ever experienced brain fog, it's like when you're trying to think you're treading through mud that's the only way I can explain it your brain is really slow and it's super super frustrating so I started suffering with this and rather than just accepting it my chiropractic attitude was like hang on a minute you don't need to accept this because I have so many people that accept pain right they're like oh yeah I've been in pain 10 years like why have you put up with this why have you not gotten sought professional advice from whoever but you know it's really important so I was like okay I'm going to take ownership of this problem what can I do about it so I had some blood tests and it turned out as intolerant to eggs and dairy and by eliminating those from my diet my brain fog cleared and then I went on to understanding the principles around bulletproof and about mold toxins and about gut floras and 
just realizing that I was not living my best life. Even though I was looking after myself mechanically from a chiropractic point of view, I wasn't looking after the inside. But bringing all of that together has meant that my business has grown because I genuinely feel like you are only going to be as successful as you're physically and mentally capable of being. So it's really, really important Mm. to like look after yourself from all areas. So I guess like having that background knowledge which you don't necessarily have to be a chiropractor to know about it just led me to look into it more and that's why we're really passionate about sharing that message it just made me realize that actually how big an impact that would have on my business for anyone listening that hasn't even been to a chiropractor before how often do you recommend they should be going should they be going it really varies I would say everybody needs to have a consultation so I'd never give advice without somebody having like a consultation first and the body is just like so complicated if everyone came with a manual it would make life so much easier for every physician out there right but they don't and so I would always say like if you are suffering from pain you should go and seek professional advice whether that's you're starting off with your general practitioner whether you're starting off with a consultant whether you're starting off with a chiropractor an osteopath a physiotherapist it doesn't matter you just need to take ownership of your own pain and go and seek the attention that you need and that's probably one of my biggest things that I always push people into like in the UK we're super lucky we have the NHS and it's absolutely fantastic but it doesn't necessarily have the budget to support what I would say are lifestyle issues. So they're things that aren't going to kill us, but they're things that make our life a little bit more challenging. And so there tends to be this kind of British mentality of the like stiff upper lip and you just get on with it. Yeah. But you don't need to, like you don't need to get on with it. And there are things that you can do, whether you seek professional advice or whether you look stuff up as well. There's lots of subtle changes that we can all make to improve ourselves. And I guess I'm just really passionate about allowing people and educating people to do that and to not just accept it. And from there, once you see the physician, you can decide what is the best course of action, whether it's to see a chiropractor so many times a week or once a month or three months, whatever, or whether it's to go and have blood tests and find out what you're intolerant to or just help guide you down the next route. I love that. And I love when you said people need to be taking that responsibility. And I think that's the reason I'm so passionate about biohacking, taking responsibility for your own biology and learning what works for you and going on that journey. Because as we always say, your health is the most important thing. If you don't have that, then you have nothing. Mm -hmm. So one thing that stood out to me a lot when you tell your story is how you've always gone for it. You are by definition, unapologetically ambitious, but I (laughs) want to know, have you ever had a point where you've really doubted yourself and just wondered like can I actually do this (laughs) all the freaking time (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I am very open to speaking about imposter syndrome I don't want anybody to follow my story and not think that I've not had my own mental challenges and I think I have a duty to speak up about that because with social media right a lot of people put on stuff that's not real life They share the beautiful side of their lives and not so dark and ugly, right? And I'm not saying everyone has to wash their dirty laundry in public. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that I think as women and as boss babes as well, like we have a duty to be honest about some of the struggles that we go through. And imposter syndrome is 100% something I have consistently battled with. I always think I'm not good enough. I always think, oh, I could have done better. I'm like my worst critic 
And sometimes that is really like, I wear myself out. And I guess that's why I'm very conscious that my love language is words of affirmation. And I guess if you looked at my history and always wanting to get the awards or getting the achievements, that imposter syndrome has probably always been there with me. And I've chased those because it makes me feel relieved a little bit. Like, oh, okay, I'm doing okay. So yeah, it's something like I've always battled with and something that I constantly work on. I feel like mindset is something that you have to constantly do. A little bit like a diet, right? You have to continually do it as a lifestyle change. And for me, I have to work very hard on it. And there are times when I'm like, yes, I'm smashing this. I'm so good. Like I'm awesome at this. And other times where I'm like, oh my God, they're going to find out I'm absolutely rubbish at XYZ. It's just the stories we tell ourselves, right? But it is a classic for my personality, like that achiever. And also when you are growing in business, we talk about this before, like it's those mountains, right? And hitting that summit and that, you know, you get to the next point and then you look up and there's another mountain and there's like these grades, like these transitions that you go through in business. Once you get over one hurdle, it's like, okay, well, what's the next? And I'm trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think that's one of the key things that I've learned in business. Like there was always going to be things that cross your way. And it's just understanding that it's normal to feel a little bit daunted sometimes, or a little bit overwhelmed, but it's how you act on that. So I never let imposter syndrome stop me. I always recognize it. And because the other thing I would say is fear doesn't like to be named, right? So if we have something that we're worried about, like if I was to sit here and say, I don't have imposter syndrome, that would disempower me. Whereas if I actually own it, like, yeah, I do have imposter syndrome sometimes. I know it's there. And therefore I do X, Y, and Z to try and conquer it, right? Naming that fear actually makes it seem so much easier. So I do get it. And I do sometimes feel like I, one day it's all going to go away or it's all I'm going to be found out, whatever that means. I love and appreciate so much that you were so honest about that because one thing that really bothers me that I see online is people so willing to share the things that they've overcome once they've overcome them they don't talk about right now I'm struggling with this I'm feeling this and do you know what I don't have the answer or I'm not perfect because we all have things that we're dealing with on a daily basis I think that's one thing I love so much about you is you are so honest and forthcoming with however you're feeling and it takes a lot of courage to do that so I'm so so glad that you shared that and I know for some people listening you really just spoke to their soul so we'll definitely make sure we do a full episode on imposter syndrome sure that's a good idea yeah now I want to dive into some more things that I love about you so have you been with Greg your husband for 10 years or 11 for 12 (laughs) oh my god okay coming up 12 so your and Greg's relationships definitely something that me and Stephen look up to and you know we are so lucky to be able to spend so much time with you guys you know we go on vacations together and we spend a lot of time hanging out and you and Greg have such an incredible relationship and I want to dive into that a little bit because I don't want this to be all business and ambition because when we have these conversations all the time of why we're doing any of this and both of us we care about our family lives our marriages our relationships Mm. so Talk to me a little bit about your relationship with Greg. <laughs> okay. I've got like a little giggling teenager. <laughs> so yeah, I've been with Greg since I was 18. And we met at university, actually in our first term. And we became friends first. <laughs> There's quite a cute little story. I won't tell the long story. But basically, I bought some books off him. And he asked me out on a date. And 
I was like, oh, if you mean his friends, then yeah, I'll go for a drink with you. And he's like, oh yeah, of course I mean his friends. <laughs> so we kind of played on this friends thing and we just got to know each other. And then, yeah, our relationship blossomed from there really. And meeting a uni, like he's a chiropractor as well. So we have super similar interests, but we're actually not that alike on many parts. Greg and I are an interesting combination because we have a lot of similarities, but then we differ as well. And one of the things I would say is when you've been together for 12 years and all the way through your 20s, I have changed so much since I was the person that met him and as is he. And that change is something that we've really had to work on together. So I feel like one thing that Greg and I are very good at is we're both really good at understanding each other and taking the time to see things from the other point of view. And when we have grown, we have always been alongside each other. So when I met Greg, like he was at uni, I was at uni, neither of us were business people. He's actually has his own successful businesses as well. And none of that had happened. Like it has been such a process, but one thing that we've been really, really strict about is growing together and always listening to the other and we have been like you and Stephen had some like ground rules around that so we always make an effort to go to bed at the same time we never go to sleep on an argument that's our biggest thing and that's probably one of my best pieces of relationship advice that was ever given to me it's actually given to me by my mum and dad who have been together since they were 17 and 18 as well and they said never go to sleep on an argument and I think that's where you just stayed with me. And then just communicating as we've grown, it's been super important for us to keep those channels open. And you say you're really good at seeing things from each other's perspective. How do you do that? I do it quite naturally anyway. And I think Greg does as well. So as chiropractors, I guess that skill is really nurtured because people are coming in with pain. So we always have to put ourselves in our shoes. And we both have been very successful chiropractors because we've always said we treat every single patient as if they're a member of our family. We deeply love and we deeply care. And so it isn't actually hard for us to see it from the other point of view. It's very easy for us to put ourselves in other people's shoes because we do that as a job. So I guess once we've done that, then it's just having those open discussions and being able to say, look, yeah, I'm sorry, I can see it from your point of view now. And being able to as well, I think what's really important in a relationship is you have to be able to say you're sorry. There is no room for stubbornness in relationships. Like it just eats away at everything. You have to be able to love, forgive and forget. (laughs) And what goes through your head when you're like, I'm so annoyed at this thing, but you're about to go and apologize. And I see this with you just generally. You can be very loving and non-reactive to certain things and you can be really thoughtful. So what goes through your head in that moment? I would say, for me, it's all about the greater good. Yeah. Particularly with you, right? Boss babe is bigger than either of us. And I always feel like I put the business first. So I have to move my personal feelings aside sometimes and see it from the business point of view. And therefore that's really, really easy. In my marriage, I would say I married Greg and that was a commitment and my marriage is important to me. And I am willing to do whatever it takes to make it work. I didn't go into it lightly and I committed to something. And I guess that's the thing with me. Once I commit to something, I'm in. And I will do what it takes and I'll grow and I'll learn to do whatever it takes to make that work. And I guess it's that growth mindset again, right? So I'm kind of like, okay, well, what do I need to learn from this? And sometimes like challenges are good. And I'm not going to say that Greg and I don't have arguments. Like I do think arguments are healthy. 
but you have to just make sure that you're not saying stuff that you can't take back. And I think that helps. Like we don't say stuff that we can't take back. So it's easier to come back from, right? Yeah. And therefore I can admit, I have no problems admitting when I'm in the wrong. And my mindset on that is just very much, well, look, everyone makes mistakes. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I'm never, ever going to pretend to be perfect because that's just damaging to me. It's damaging to the people around me. So I guess that's how I approach it in my head. That's such a good point you made about never saying things that have long-term effects. And it's one thing that I try and do in my relationship too. And just general relationships, sometimes when you're frustrated with someone, it can kind of come out your mouth. You always do this. And that's not helpful or useful for anyone. You should always be very specific to the situation and say, right now I'm feeling like you're doing this. And then instead of making that person feel bad about themselves, you're actually just making them realize how you're feeling in this moment and and what's happening. It's actually a book called Nonviolent Communication for anyone listening that's interested in improving their communication skills. It's really, really good for understanding how you can have nonviolent communication in really tense situations within your relationships or business relationships. Because I know for you, Danielle, I think it comes really naturally to you to be a really good communicator. And I actually think for me, it's not as much. Like I grew up with like no filter and I've really nourished that over the years. And I honestly think like it's one thing that people really love about me and it's something that I own and and love about myself, the ability to just to be fully honest, but doing it in a loving way. And that book really, really helped me to be able to see how to do it in a way that I feel like I'm speaking my truth in a way that really doesn't impact anyone else. Because actually the way we feel is always a reflection of ourselves if we see something in someone else that we don't like we need to look inwards and figure out what it is about us and I loved how you said that you're not perfect so that is so true though I'm just gonna say that is like really really good advice often how you're feeling is a reflection of you and like sometimes you can have conversations and you can be oversensitive because someone's pushing your buttons for something that's deep within you And like, that's really good advice. And sometimes you just have to look at yourself and go, okay, well, why am I being so sensitive around that? Have they actually said something that is out of order? Or am I being oversensitive to something because I have X, Y, Z to deal with? Yeah, I love that. And just asking that question of, is it possible that they meant this with good intentions? Is it possible that they meant this with love? And I mean, generally, if it's someone you're giving your time to, they do. Mm -hmm. And it's such a nice way to be able to see things. I want to know what lights you up? What makes you feel really good? Okay. So I love helping people. That is ingrained in me. If I am being of service to people, I am just absolutely thrilled, which is why I'm so passionate about Boss Babe and helping so, so many women realize their own ambitions, realize their true potentials, find things that make them happy. I am definitely somebody who is lit up by making others happy. I'm a people pleaser through and through, which is (laughs) terrible in some ways, but probably makes me really good in my jobs in other ways. I'm very good at putting myself in other people's shoes. So I get what makes them happy. And I guess that's what I can utilize in my communication skills as well. So really just kind of seeing other people happy is what truly makes me happy in a very selfish way. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And it really comes through. So for those of you who don't know, we have an online membership at Boss Babe called The Society. And Danielle, you really run that like such a tight ship. What is it that you love most about what you do at Boss Babe? I love so many things at Boss Babe. So The Society is like for startups to six figures. And for me, seeing the transformation 
in those women is just truly incredible. They come in, some of them have small businesses and they want to grow them. Some of them don't have a business at all and they just have an idea. And some are just ambitious women and they're like, oh, I want to find out more. And just seeing this transformation in them, is just so incredible. That just really, really lights me up and just makes me feel really happy. And I absolutely love working on the society. And I love working with all our clients, our other clients that we help move from six figures to seven figures. Like that is just so rewarding as well. So really again, coming down to helping people, but within like a structure, I really love the mechanics of a business. It's funny because as I'm speaking, I'm realizing so many trends throughout my life. So chiropractors, I always say is like a mechanic. Yeah, I'm looking for problems. I'm diagnosing them and then I'm coming up with solutions to fix them. And that's what I love doing. Like I love going in there if there's problems going on or if there are structures that need to be set up. I really enjoy creating those and then seeing them flourish. And I get a lot of satisfaction from putting processes and procedures in place. Like I do not like chaos and I do like organization. Really? I would never have guessed. <laughs> so yeah, I love those kind of things. It took me a long time to really connect with what I was good at. And I am creative, but not necessarily in a writing way. I'm not necessarily good with pen to paper, but I'm very creative with my thought process and creative with solving problems and also recognizing problems that need to be solved. I think that's where my genius zone sits. Yeah, I would agree with that. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up. This has been such a nice interview and I just want to dive a little bit deeper into you personally before we sign off because I think everyone else is as interested in me as what makes you this powerhouse. So firstly, how many hours of sleep do you get a night? Oh, seven. I need seven. Some people need eight, but I don't. I do need seven though. If I have six, I'm a little bit tired. So always aim for seven. Okay. One thing that I think you are really good at doing with Greg is taking vacations and just really spending that quality time together. So what would you say is your idea of a perfect vacation? <laughs> Can I have two? <laughs> yes, by all means. Okay, so we love skiing. And I'm so excited because we are taking Natalie and Stephen for their first ski holiday in Whistler this season, which I'm super excited about. So skiing is something I love. And I love it because I'm outside, I'm exercising. And I'm just away. Like there's something so, so peaceful about the mountains. Honestly, I cannot wait for you to get up there and just realize that the serenity that exists. It's just incredible. So skiing for me. And then also I, I love like a mini break, just exploring a new place, like going to a city or visiting somewhere new. Like I do love the sun. I really like a warmer climate. Sometimes the UK gets a little bit too rainy for my liking. So I just love exploring and just seeing new cultures and meeting new people. Obviously in luxury, I do like a nice hotel <laughs> wherever I go. Yep, you do. <laughs> but yeah, those are my favorite. Okay. And then because you are an official doctor, for anyone that doesn't know, Danielle is actually Dr. Danielle Canty, which I just love. I take your advice quite seriously and I know that other people are going to be thinking the exact same thing. So can you take me through what an ideal day of food looks like for you from breakfast, lunch, dinner, any snacks that you have? Okay, so as a doctor of chiropractic, I would say my ideal day of food, I'm quite into bulletproof in many ways. So I always start my day with a coffee 
I find this incredible energy boost. And actually, I try and fast until lunch. There's been loads of research on fasting recently and how it's super good for you. So I've been doing that over the last three months and I've seen a real increase in my energy. I also make sure I have no processed food. So I cook every single meal from scratch. So processed foods, they put so much added sugar and stuff. So like the cans of sauces, the ingredients, sugar is so high up on them. So I cook everything from scratch because I really, like I said earlier, feel it's important to be conscious about what you're putting into your body. So I have like a lunch that I've had pre-made and that will be especially around like vegetables or fish, very low carb. And then I'll have a snack later on. Greg makes the best protein bars. So he makes these like cashew nut butter and cacao. So I normally have one of those at lunch, bless him. And then my evening meal, again, cook from scratch. And I might do something like salmon with vegetables or cauliflower mash is like my fave ever a little bit of Himalayan salt in there and then just drink loads and loads of water so I constantly have in fact it probably annoys Natalie in all our meetings I'm always drinking water so I have this bottle it's actually a Joseph and Joseph bottle and you have to fill it up four times and you click it when you refill it and so I make sure that I have at least four of those every single day because being hydrated actually increases your productivity and I know that from my research into high performance as well. So I'm really, really on top of that. And to be honest, for like a sweet thing, I try and stick with like dark chocolate and fruit. So Greg and I, our favorite little dessert is we melt some 85% dark chocolate and then we add in some raspberries and blueberries. And that is so good. So I have that literally every single evening. <laughs> That's like my treat. I love it. And I feel like we can persuade Greg to give us the recipe. So we'll put the recipe for those amazing protein bars in the show notes so that you can all have them. They are so, so good for your energy and they taste amazing. I can attest to Greg's cooking. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thank you so much, Danielle. This was such a pleasure and it's so nice for me to get a chance to just really dive into you because I feel like I know you so well. And there's so many amazing things about you that I know our listeners will really, really learn from. So thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it more than I was expecting to actually. I was quite nervous. (laughs) If you loved this episode, please subscribe and be sure to leave us a review. We want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and also really want to know who you want to see on the show. And speaking of reviews, I've also got a little something on my sleeve for you. So I want to send you a copy of the Boss Babe 25. This is a brand new resource that we've created. And trust me, you are going to love it. So the Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. Seriously, this little resource is like a little Boss Babe holy grail. You are going to love it. It covers everything from must-have products, our favorite books, rituals that we do daily, and little hacks to help you grow. So if you want a copy, it's really easy. Just leave us a review, screenshot that review, and email it to podcast at bossbabe.com. That is podcast at bossbabe.com. And we'll send you a free copy over within 24 hours. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. Myself, Natalie, and our guests disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects and the use of information contained in. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.